Welcome to the Become New Podcast with John Ortberg, where you find 10-minute teachings Monday through Friday to help you grow spiritually one day at a time. For more resources, check out our website, becomenew.com. There you can sign up for the emails that go along with each video, as well as access our entire library of over 400 videos covering a variety of topics about spiritual life and growth. If you need prayer, please let us know by texting your request to 855-888-0444. We'd love to pray for you. Now here's John. I am shooting outside today for two reasons. One, because I'm in California and it has rained for the last 40 days and 40 nights and it's just a reminder of what a good thing it is to be out in the world and what a good world that God has made. And two, because it's quite unusual, but there is snow on the relatively low uh, hill peaks behind me and it's just gorgeous. So if you're only listening to this, you can't see anything too bad. If you're watching, you may or may not be able to see it. I can't tell, but I can see it. And so I wanted you to. I want to have second thoughts that I invite you to have second thoughts about God. I want to invite you to think hard about God today. And we don't do that very often. We're aware of the fact that to pursue knowing something takes work and it takes the desire of our heart. If you're interested in finance, you will know how to track currencies and understand about capital and markets. And the more that you learn, the more that you're able to know. And that's true if you want to learn needlecraft or how to play the piano. If you're interested in a person, if you want to date somebody, if you're a parent, you become a student of your child. For, for a variety of reasons in our day, we don't think hard often about God. And so today I want to ask you to do that. It's going to be hard work for all of us, but it's worth doing because God is the most important part of reality. And a lot of us haven't thought seriously about God uh, since we were children. And this is often reinforced in our world. So this is Dallas Willard, page 62 on the Divine Conspiracy. Central to the understanding and proclamation of the Christian gospel today, as in Jesus' day, is a revisioning of what God's own life is like and how the physical cosmos, including mountains and birds and snow, fits into it. It is a great and important task to come to terms with what we really think when we think of God. So I'll pause there. What do you think about when you think of God? Condoleezza Rice, the former Secretary of State, as you might know, is both the daughter and granddaughter of Presbyterian pastors. And Presbyterians do tend to take thinking and the life of the mind pretty seriously. She said her grandfather became a pastor because he was from a sharecropper family and found out about a scholarship he could get, but was told that that's only available to people who are becoming Presbyterian pastors. And he said, I'm becoming a Presbyterian pastor. And then he did. Connie said about her dad that people would say to him in the church, sometime with some frustration, Pastor, you make us think before you let us feel. And of course, our feelings will often fluctuate. That's part of what we're learning about as we think again. It's what we truly believe that matters, that gives rise to both our feelings and our actions. And what we think, believe about God is most important. 
Dallas goes on, page 64. Now, Jesus himself was and is a joyous, creative person. He does not allow us to continue thinking of our Father who fills and overflows space. As a morose and miserable monarch, a frustrated and petty parent, or a policeman on the prowl, one cannot think of God in such ways while confronting Jesus' declaration, He that has seen me has seen the Father. And Jesus quite famously said to his disciples that actually he taught them so that his joy might be in them. One of the outstanding features of Jesus' personality was an abundance of joy. He said that he wanted their joy to be full and they did not say, pass the aspirin, for he was well known to them as a happy man and it is deeply illuminative of life in the kingdom that such joy is precisely able to coexist with deep sorrow and grief. To trust in God, we need a rich and accurate way of thinking and speaking about him to guide and support our life vision and our will. This is not abstract. It's incredibly practical because the real question is, do I believe that there are solid grounds for hope? And is love personal and real? And do I have a reasonable hope to look forward to or am I living in despair? And this is not something uh, where the invitation is to think about what does somebody else tell you you are supposed to believe about God? What does some church or some other authority say? The question is, what do you actually think about when you think about God? So I want to invite you to think real hard. Dallas quotes words from a century or so ago, a theologian who gave a great deal of thought and study to um, the nature of God named Adam Clark. And I want to read these words, take a moment or two to unpack them, and ask you right now, as part of Second Thoughts, to think deeply about the nature of God, because you live in His world. God is, he said, the eternal, independent, self-existent being the being whose purposes and actions spring from himself without foreign motive or influence. In other words, God does nothing out of peer pressure. God is never alarmed. God has no fear. He who is absolute in dominion. In other words, there is no power greater than God. God knows that nothing can prevent God's will from being done the most pure. In other words, God is never small-minded. The God that Jesus came to describe is not petty. Somebody one time really struggled with their idea about um, God um, doing things that are harsh, and, and Dallas asked the question, how mean do you think God needs to be to run the universe? God is not mean. God does not need to be mean. The most simple. Now, duplicity is complex. When we lie, that's always complicated. Truth is simple. God is the most simple. God is pure truth and pure love. Infinitely perfect. Eternally self-sufficient 
needing nothing that he has made. Now imagine not ever needing anything. If you know an unhealthy two on the Enneagram, a needy person where it just feels like they're sucking in things from you. God doesn't have any needs. God doesn't need us. He doesn't need our praise. And what that means is not that God is distant or untouchable. It's that he's able to just be pure giving, giving, giving without ever being drained. He has inexhaustible sources of richness out of which he gives. Illimitable in his immensity. No limits to what God can think or do. Inconceivable in his mode of existence. Just trying to imagine what must it be like to be God? What must his experience of delight in all that he has made be like? Known fully only by himself, because an infinite mind can only be fully comprehended by itself. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't know God. God has revealed himself to us supremely in Jesus, but we can't take him all in. He's way too big. Uh, He is infinite, and our minds are puny and finite. So then we're humbled in our knowing. People like me can sometimes talk about God as though we can speak with such confidence. But of course, the reality is even this world is so full of mystery and wonder and beauty and danger and fear and goodness and evil and darkness. And God is infinitely beyond any of us, but God knows himself fully. In a word, a being who, this is God, from his infinite wisdom cannot err or be deceived, and from his infinite goodness can do nothing but what is eternally just and right and kind. So now today, the invitation is have second thoughts about God. Keep thinking about God. When you hear a bird, think about Jesus' comment that, uh, Not a sparrow can fall from its nest, but God knows and God cares because God made it and God feeds it. What kind of being is that? What kind of intelligence and power must there be to create a universe like this? Think deeply about the reality and the nature of God. Dallas writes, it would make I appreciate what a vast difference it would make in anyone's life to actually believe in such a God as these words portray. Think of someone whose every action, whose slightest thought or inclination automatically assumes the reality of this God. And when you do this, you will have captured nothing less than the thought of Jesus, along with his life and his faith. That's the God he believed in. Second thoughts, think hard about God. And then, I love this, with this magnificent God positioned among us, Jesus brings the assurance. But the assurance that Jesus brings, we don't have time for today. So we'll talk about that. The assurance that the existence of this magnificent of God brings to you and to me next time when we have more second thoughts.